Hello and a very warm welcome to the Tips and Advice for Business podcast. Coming up in this episode, no one relishes the prospect of an HMRC investigation, yet there are limits on the taxman's powers. What are your rights to prevent an HMRC fishing expedition? Keep listening and all will be revealed. Plus, with the corporation tax increase going ahead next April, is there anything you should be doing now to take advantage of the current lower rates? Actually, there is. We offer some practical tips. Just keep listening to find out. And please don't forget to visit indicator-flm.co.uk to download our series of free mini guides to tax and HR matters. There's really no obligation. You're listening to Tips and Advice for Business, the weekly podcast that trawls through the latest business news, legislation and case law, distilling often complex legal and tax requirements into bite-sized advice and realistic solutions to everyday challenges. And all this in just a few short minutes, because we know that your time is precious. The Tips and Advice for Business podcast is freely available on all the usual platforms such as Spotify, Apple, Amazon and Deezer and is brought to you by those ever so nice people at Indicator FL Memo. For supporting information, please visit indicator-flm.co.uk. Your host today is Duncan Callow, solicitor and publisher. Probably every taxpayer lives in fear of HMRC opening an inquiry, even if they've got nothing to hide. But if you are subject to an inquiry, what are HMRC's rights? What sort of personal information can it request? And at what point will the inspectors overstep the mark? Well, while it might not seem that way, there are actually strict limits which govern HMRC's conduct during its inquiries. You might know them as investigations. There are time limits for opening an inquiry and limitations on what information it can ask for. These do allow HMRC a lot of latitude so that it can unearth evidence of tax evasion, but it isn't allowed to demand information or documents willy-nilly in the hope of finding wrongdoing, i.e. it's not allowed to embark on a general fishing expedition. This point was the crux of the dispute in a recent HMRC case involving a chap called Matthew Jenner. Now, HMRC started inquiries into Mr Jenner's 2016 and 2017-18 self-assessment returns, apparently suspecting him of not declaring income. HMRC requested documents and details of personal income and outgoings, such as household bills, expenditure on holidays and other personal costs. It formalised these requests by issuing so-called information notices. Mr Jenner appealed against them on the grounds that they exceeded HMRC's powers. It, however, argued that based on information reported in Mr Jenner's tax returns, his income wasn't sufficient to meet his living costs and other personal expenditure, and that the shortfall was significant. It was therefore necessary to have detailed information about Mr Mr Jenner's personal income and outgoings. His argument was that HMRC was simply fishing for information and that the limitations on information notices prevented this. These rules say that the information must be reasonably required. A fishing expedition doesn't meet this test. So the parties were in a deadlock situation and the matter ended up before the first tier tribunal, which agreed with Mr Jenner that HMRC was not permitted to make requests for broad information in the hope of finding evidence to to support its suspicions. Further, no taxpayer can be required to divulge details of their personal expenditure unless there was no alternative way to establish the facts. 
However, the tribunal looked more closely at each element of the information notices. Now, personal expenditure. As already mentioned, the tribunal decided this information was not reasonably required by HMRC. So on this point, it decided the appeal in favour of Mr Jenner. What about income sources? Well, the tribunal accepted HMRC's argument that it was reasonable to request information about money received by Mr Jenner other than that from his business, which he automatically had a right to. It therefore ruled that the information notices were valid in this regard. What about personal bank accounts? Similarly, the tribunal decided that HMRC reasonably required this information so that it could check Mr Jenner's income tax position. This element of the information notice was therefore also valid. So what about the consequences? Well, we won't know the outcome of HMRC's inquiry when it gets the information from Mr Jenner. It could well be that he has capital or non-taxable income to fund his living standards. If so, he would have been wise to mention them in the any other information part of his tax returns. This could have prevented HMRC from starting its investigations and creating the information notices. So what can we take from this? What if you're on the receiving end of a so-called fishing expedition? Well, it's clear that HMRC is entitled to request and expect you to provide information about your personal finances, for example, income and capital that doesn't need to be reported on your tax returns if it is reasonably required to establish your tax position. However, this does not usually extend to information about your personal expenditure and other outgoings. Anyway, we hope you found this information helpful. Um, And should you ever unluckily be on the receiving end of a, a, a tax inquiry from HMRC, you will at least now know what your rights are uh, in terms of what what information it can go fishing for. With the increase in corporation tax going ahead on 1st of April 2023 for companies with taxable profits over £50,000, is there anything you should be doing now to take advantage of the current lower rates? Well, the CT rate increase announced in the spring budget 2021 is to go ahead as planned in April next year. The rate will be increasing to 25% for companies with taxable profits above £250,000 although this threshold will be proportionally reduced for short accounting periods and where there are associated companies. Companies with taxable profits below £50,000 will continue to be liable to CT at the current rate of 19%. Companies with taxable profits between £50,000 and £250,000 will pay CT at 19% on the first £50,000 and 26.5% on the next £200,000. While the changes to these rates don't apply until 1st of April next year, if your company has an accounting period that straddles that date, it's necessary to split the accounting period in two. The period prior to 1st of April 23 and the period on or after 1st of April 2023. The profits for the accounting period are time apportioned. Those for the period before 1st of April 23 are taxed at 19%, while those for the period after 1st of April 23 are taxed at the relevant rate depending on the level of profits. So is there any tax planning available to mitigate the effects of the tax rise? Well, while it may be difficult for ongoing trading profits, if your company is expecting profits from a large one-off transaction such as chargeable gains on the sale of a property, where possible, it would be beneficial to bring forward the transaction so that it's liable to the current 19% CT rate. 
Let's give you an example to show how this might work in practice. Acom Limited has a 30th September year-end and it made a chargeable gain of £2 million before 30th of September 2022. Therefore, this gain will be liable to CT of £380,000. That's 19% to £2 million. If the company had instead made the gain on 1st of October 22, it would be liable to CT at the effective time apportioned rate of 2020, uh, sorry, 22%, so would have to pay tax of £440,000. That's £2 million times 22%. What's the tip here? Well, if your company has made a substantial one-off gain in an accounting period that straddles 1st of April 23, consider whether you could shorten the accounting period to end on 31st of March 2023. Here's another example. ACOM made the gain on 1st of October 2022 and decided it sh to shorten its accounting period to six months ending 31st of March 23. In this case, the whole £2 million gain would be taxed at 19%, a saving of £60,000. What's the key advice here? Well, actually, it's pretty clear. If you're anticipating large profits from a one-off transaction, such as the sale of a property, where possible, it would be beneficial to bring forward that transaction to an accounting period that doesn't straddle 1st of April 2023. If the transaction is already in a period that straddles that date, you could look to shorten the accounting period. Hope you found this helpful, but can you believe it? We've reached the end of another episode of the Tips and Advice for Business podcast. But don't worry, we'll be back again very soon with even more practical advice that you can apply to your business on a daily basis. But for now, thanks for sharing your time with us and goodbye. You've been listening to the Tips and Advice for Business podcast. Every week, we trawl through the latest business news, legislation and case law, distilling often complex legal and tax requirements into bite-sized tips, advice and solutions. For more information about our products and services, please visit indicator-flm.co.uk.